this is you know this is outside of the star war the luke sky the skywalker you know lineage so this is this is in the expanded star wars universe so i think it, it deserves a little more leeway and it and it really kind of expands the 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 mythology of this world that it was created you know in a world where you only have trailers and posters to judge a movie, Jim and Ted strike out to answer the age-old question, will you see it? Teddy, welcome to episode 197. And, uh, hey, what do you say? I say I thought that I lived in a a beer rich environment, but <laughs> don't tell me you have no beer tonight. <laughs> no, but I had to, I was like heading home and there's, you pass, we were like getting shoes for the kids okay. for the summer, you know, sandals and stuff. So I jump into my week, but you know, by way of beer and we pass a couple of liquor stores on the way home and I'm like, I'll just stop in a liquor store. <laughs> right? Shelves are empty. <laughs> no, but I'm not, you know, like, uh, they have a couple of, um, Golden Roads and a couple of this and that. And I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling like. You're talking about like an average liquor store, not not yeah. like a specialty. Exactly. The craft beers. Yeah. Because where do you always go? You always go to Handy Market? I go to Handy Market if I'm in Burbank. And I go to Valley Beverage if I'm here near the house. So they're kind of close to the house, but it's kind of like Sherman, Sherman Oaks, kind of halfway there. And uh, wanted to make sure to give a shout out to the Valley Beverage guys. Carlos and our, our new new Alex. He's only been working there for a week, but he was there very smiley today. And uh, Carlos is giving him a hard time for being late, but you know it's just all all in good fun. So Carl, Carlos and Alex have a th- thank you for providing some beers this evening. So you did go there. I paid for them, but <laughs> I ended up going there anyway. I dropped the family off at home, and I said, "Let me jump out here. I, Jimmy can wait a little bit, hopefully." Yeah, no, that's fine. What 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 beer do you have tonight? So what I have, uh, it's a Gudin Carolus Carolus. Uh, Cuvie Van de Kurtz. I don't even know what it is. Imperial Dark. Is this from the box? Is this from the box? No, this is. Oh, oh, no, no! Look at that. That's beautiful. This is a big ass Belgian bottle. Oh man, it's one of those one pint. 9.4 fluid ounces. It's like a wine bottle. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. And it's 11%. Wow. It says the emperor is back. So, I don't know what that means. Where is this out of? Oh, product of Belgium. There you go. There you go. You have the Belgian uh emperor. 11 11% uh let's that Belgian uh what did it say here? Cruvée, Cruvée, whatever. Imperial dark. So, it's like a Belgian strong ale, I guess. Well, yours is stronger than mine. Mine is uh from Imagination. Imagination, so it's funny. Um and it's called the Grand Inquisitor Russian Imperial Stout. And it's 10 ABV, so I, you beat me by a percentage. Oh, I got you by a one. Uh, but I went with Grand Inquisitor tonight because of what we're watching, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Are, are you inquisiting? <laughs> yes. I love when they said, we are inquisitors. Do you know what we do? And I look at Clarissa and they said, they inquisit. <laughs> <laughs> And so Imagination, this is the first time I've heard of Imagination Brewing Company, uh, but they're the first, uh, let's see, let, let me just read this to them. The, fir- the country's first microbrewery uh, center for community transformation 
for social change in Missoula, Montana, and beyond. So they host 3,750 community events, 500 organizations they support, 25% of their profits are donated back, Oh wow! and three 350,000 face shields built in the time of COVID. Wow. So I thought that's neat. That's neat that, they, that they're given back. Yeah, that is neat. And, they're, and what's the name one more time? Here, let me show you because it's hard, it's hard to say. Imagine Nation. So like imagine Imagine Nation. Imagine Nation. Yeah, and they're out of Missoula, Montana. Yeah, I guess so. Very cool. So you have a stout, which probably looks much like mine, but mine's a much different flavor. Yeah. So if you could take a look there, nice and dark. I love I, I love it's dark, but the head is so light. It's very strange. Yeah, it's not one of those chocolatey heads, those browner heads. Yeah, because look at mine. Mine's mine's just as dark. Yours is like tar. Mine's just as dark, but mine has the chocolatey head. Oh, you have, we have same glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. Cheers, Dink. Yeah, cheers, Dink, off the... Off the computer screen? Off the monitor, yeah. Let's not crack it. Mm. How's yours? How is yours? Did you say? No, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, it, it's a Belgian strong is pretty much what it is. Very good. I mean, it's it's uh, made in 2021, so Imperial Dark. Godin Karaloos. Nice. I guess that's the way you pronounce it. And I, and I went with a bunch of stouts and a bunch of chocolate things this week. Uh, to buy, I bought about a four pack, so I'm good for the next month. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I was like, I'm not another, I had some Citra hop, like double uh, dry hop IPAs in my hand. And I was like, I've had Citra, I've had this citrus hop thing for the whole past month. I feel like I've just been drinking orange juice. So I'm doing an imperial cleanse. Yeah, you just have like mimosas on the show. You know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you, you were talking a little about your week, but uh, why don't you continue on? Yeah, so this week, um, Audrey got her learner's permit. Look out. Which car did she drive for? Or no, you don't drive for that one. This is just the written test, so yeah. The written test, right. Um, so she's, she's learning on the Dodge, the ice vehicle. But today we were running some errands and I said, ah, you know, your learner's permit is in the Tesla glove box. You can uh, you could come over and try to drive this Tesla if you want. So she was excited and she she got behind the wheel and she was looking, doing all of her checks and she drove uh, two blocks. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, if this is the way you're going to drive, I, you know, I understand it. And you're not ready. I, I don't want you to drive faster. You know, she's like, I've never driven such an expensive vehicle. <laughs> So I said, here, I'll drive. You get over there. But then I gave her the, you know, it does the safety score for each of the each trip. And so it has her name on it because I gave her her own seat settings. Oh, oh, I thought she was going to make your your score go up. (laughs) Hey, you can't go up up much from 99 percent. So she got she got a she got a hundred on her on her on her three minutes in the car for two blocks. Way too long. But, you know. It's what it's what you do when you're starting out. So it's good. Very cool. That's exciting. Oh, and then I was very happy. And I guess this is what you're watching, but I'm I think it's amazing. Top Gun Maverick is is an amazing film. Oh, you saw it. Saw it in the theater. Saw it IMAX. The only thing that brought me down was the woman sitting next to me. 
I hope that, I hope that's not your wife. No. <laughs> oh, so, oh. So the so I sit on the end. You know, usually Ann and I sit on the end to buffer. Was it crowded? It was a little crowded. You know, the good seat in IMAX. You want to make sure you have kind of the center of the vertical center. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. you can be left or right, and that's okay looking. But if you're look, if you're down below row E, you know, A through E, you're kind of looking up most of the night, and that's right. hard. You know, when you, if you're at row C, just forget about it. But so if you want to be that G level, I like to be in row G um, <laughs> vertically. And if you're in G, you're pretty you're pretty straight on, right? Dead center on the on the screen. You can go a little bit higher than that, and that's okay. But I was sitting next to this woman and she's you know, she's fine, whatever. We're watching the trailers. I'm excited about the trailers because the IMAX trailers, you know, see Avatar, the way of the water in IMAX, the way it's gonna where you're gonna see it later. She's falling asleep during that. Fine. I don't care. I fall asleep during movies too. Like that's not a big deal, right? Right. But the movie starts and she's getting text messages. And you know, Ugh. she's answering them. What? So so not only that, <laughs> guess the setting that she has on her phone. It's audible. She has a little nice cute little chime. It goes, chime. Every time she gets a text message, then she opens her phone, you know, about 50% brightness, but still like, and then she texts back gently and I'm not reading her text. I'm not doing anything. But why though? Get involved in the movie. By the fourth one, I was like, can you please put that away? And she threw me a death stare. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to get in this fucking shit. I just want to enjoy my movie. Right. Just stop texting. She said, excuse me, you don't know what I do. I could be a doctor. And I was like, are you a doctor? <laughs> she goes, I could be a psychologist. I was like, are you? Because you're saying all these things about how you could be. And then luck luckily, Anne was in the hallway because she was talking to her doctor. She got a phone call. And she had to like, she she's like, I gotta take this phone call in the hallway. So she went to the hall the way normal people do when they have to communicate in times of movies, you know? But Audrey and Bryce are like trying to like get me to stop engaging with this woman. And I'm just like, oh, this is not going well, right? <laughs> and uh, and I said, are you a doctor? Are you a psychologist? Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't phrase it that way if you were like, you know what I mean? You'd just be like, I'm on call. And if you're on call and you have to take a text message, if you have to do multiple text messaging, then go in the hall like my wife did when she had to take her call from her doctor, whatever. So not only that, so I'm just trying, I'm just like, all right, fine. Uh, you know, and I might have said fucking bitch under my breath <laughs> once, right? Okay. So, so she puts the armrest up and she turns her back towards me and she leans on me really hard. And I'm like, what? Mother, who is this? That's literally assault. She's physically touching me, but in a way that all she's trying to do is instigate me into like pushing her off of me, doing something in a physical manner towards her. And she's a woman and I'm a man and it's going to, it's going to go bad. Right. <laughs> so I just get up out of my seat and I'm like, there's a seats on the other side of Audrey. Go sit over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, I really want to enjoy this experience because I've been waiting for this movie for two and a half years. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but here's the thing though. Okay. Who, who leans on a stranger as, as a power play? How old was she? She was like a little older than us, maybe like in her 50s, 60s, you know, in that range. So old enough to know better. Old enough to be like, Ugh. what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> what if I were a doctor or something? Okay, great. You're a doctor. You're in a movie theater. 
how could you possibly help your patient here right now? Right. And if you need to talk somebody down, then take it to the hallway. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be like texting. Oh, you're about to jump. Hold on. <laughs> I'm in the movies right now. I'm about to start this. But if you can hold on for about two and a half hours, I'll be there. Like, what? No, man. That's so dumb. <laughs> and just the phrasing of it was so, uh, so preposterous. And I was That's what like, I mean. And, like, and then, and then Audrey was like, oh, you got into it. I was like. No, you didn't see me get into it. This isn't Matrix back in the day when I was like throwing down and having a fight, fist fight with a dude because he wouldn't stop talking during the Matrix. You know, this is me. This is me. Very, very calmly. Ted's running on the walls (laughs) and he's stopping midair as the camera pans before he does like the the swan kick. kick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I love the movie. The movie was amazing. There are many, many moments in it that just harken back to the original. And it's such a such a simple story. Does it start with Kenny Loggins? It does. It does. Get out. It does. It starts with Kenny Loggins. It starts on the deck of an aircraft carrier. Oh. They're, they're launching planes off the aircraft carrier, you know. Uh, it's just it has everything in it. And there are so many scenes in it that are just like cockpit shots of tom cruise whoa hey hey this is a family friendly show (laughs) cockpit shots of tom cruise taking taking g-forces and and ann says to me afterwards she looked it up and she said they're all real g-forces that they're experiencing yeah and he's but he's not the pilot and i was like are you sure because he's really he's really big on being the pilot you know right but but no anyway so that was the highlight of my week um, cool. It was the last week of kids' school, um, so yeah, we're ready ready for some summer vacation. How about you? Yeah, no, week was good. Uh, boys had their final open house on Wednesday, and Mike did a singing thing. So they were singing like the the first grade was on stage in the in you know the multi purpose room, uh-huh. and they were singing like I don't know something about like growing up and but using it was kind of like the metaphor of life, the the stages of life, and all that but using like caterpillars into cocoons and the chrysalis and oh yeah 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 uh-huh mm-hmm. you know all that kind of stuff so that was kind of cool that was a lot of fun and then tim had this we went to his room and we saw all his stuff and all those projects he's been working on and stuff and so he had this thing where it was like a page and on the back side of the page he wrote like favorite color favorite Food, favorite TV show, favorite movie, etc. Seinfeld. It was, yeah. <laughs> favorite book, right? And uh, and there were other things, but so we're going through, and like me and Claire start thinking about it. Okay, favorite food, ribs, you know, and favorite. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we we're like, okay, after we fill it out, then we can look to see. Man, we we crushed it. We nailed it. <laughs> you play. You played that. You played the the newlywed game with your son. It, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. <laughs> And but for his favorite book, I put Diary of Wimpy Kid. Mm -hmm. So he's like, Dad, that's second favorite. I'm like, well, what the? So I turn it over. I look math book. What's that? I don't even know what that is. Is that just being funny? His math book. Oh, he's just being a joker. He's being a joker. Yeah. What's your favorite book? My math book. Yeah. So I was just like, (laughs) come on, man. Like we would have crushed it. But for his math book, who thinks of that? You would have hit him with the card if you were on Newlywed Game with that. That's right. Oh, yeah. There you go. The big big card. 
And then, uh, yeah, and then I just poured a little concrete pad. So I'm putting uh, a whole house filter in on the side of the house. So I, I wanted somewhere to set it on, not just dirt, okay. you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I poured that. And then I've uh, been training pretty hard lately. Um, we we won't have an episode next week because I have okay. uh, a road race on Saturday. Nice. And a mountain bike race on Sunday. Both are on Vandenberg Space Force Base. Nice. And uh, so they have the flight line as part of the, the circuit, you know? Uh-huh. And you know, like, that flight line is probably, like, riding on glass. Oh, it's good. You're going to have to go so fast to to, oh. to keep up with everybody, right? Like, like to, to keep pace. I'm just saying that the, the pavement or the tarmac is probably uh-huh. just perfect, oh. you know? So it's going to be like riding on glass. I'm going to love it. <laughs> yeah. So that's on Vandenberg Space Force Base. So wait, it's literally, literally Space Force. Yeah. So Space space Force, the, the real thing. You know how my uniform said Army, U.S. Army? Well, it says U.S. Space Force. So Space Force, the TV show was canceled, but Space Force, the the arms, armed services division is real. So far, they extended another season. <laughs> Yeah, and when you come to when you come to town and they have, you know, the green the green wayfinding signs and all that, uh-huh. it says VS what is it? Uh VSFB. VSFB. Okay. Yeah. And then it has an arrow, you know, like five miles or whatever it is, you know. And And so wait, how does how does uh SpaceX split? Is SpaceX adjacent to the Vandenberg? No, it's on Vandenberg. It's on the base itself. Well, what they do is they lease Slick 3. Uh-huh. So Slick is Space Launch Complex. Okay. And there's, I think there's like six or seven of them or something. There's like Slick 2, Slick 4, et cetera, et cetera. And different companies like ULA, which does uh, the Deltas and used to do Atlas. I haven't seen an Atlas fly for a while. You mean there's other people in the rocket game other than SpaceX? Oh, yeah. ULA. I mean, ULA is <laughs> probably, well, United Launch. Alliance, I think, is a partnership between Boeing and Lockheed Martin. Oh, okay. And it used to be Lockheed and Martin Marietta, and then they merged. And now Boeing and Lockheed Martin are separate entities, but they have like a launch partnership or whatever. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, they're probably like just a random guess from the, the stories I hear around town, like eight times more expensive than SpaceX. Oh, yeah. You know, for, for the cost. For whatever the reasons. I mean, they are reliable, but and SpaceX has become more reliable, too. I mean, they did have a few blowups. They aren't re- as reusable. Yeah, they aren't as reusable. Yeah, exactly. Ex- they aren't They aren't landing their solid rockets back on. No, they're not at all. Not at all. So when those things land back, man, the sonic boom is like intense. <laughs> it's so loud when that thing comes back to Earth and lands on base. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. I love it. All right. Let's uh, get into four trailers. Okay. So Thor 4, uh, Love and Thunder. We already did, what was it, the teaser or trailer one or something? But this is... Yeah, we did the teaser. This one's a little more in depth. This one's definitely more in depth story-wise. Yeah, so we already talked about it. We can just cut, get through it quick. Um, definitely tongue-in-cheek on the Marvel side of the house. Yeah, it looks like Christian Bale is like the devil guy or something. The demon dude. He's the god 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 killer, god eater or something. God killer guy, yeah. Yeah, he looks amazing, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah I love it. It's so dark. And he lost all of his uh, Dick Cheney weight. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, this is what he does. He's 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 up to his machinist weight, <laughs> you know. Like he he seesaws his his weight, you know. Right. Future future diabetic. From, and then from d- doing this. did we miss where Padme became the goddess of thunder, or are we going to? Are they going to explain that? You think they're going to explain it here? I think this okay. is going to be this is you know because that wasn't in another episode, was it? The many the many Thors. I don't think so. Uh, no, no. This is it. This is it. This okay. is her coming back and. And yeah, we're going to get some explanation. I think while Thor is off trying to sulk and raise himself out of his misery. Get rid of dad bod. And, and get rid of that dad bod back into the god bod. You know, I think I think that's where where uh, Natalie Portman has become the new Thor. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's, it's very exciting. I love I love uh, Russell Crowe as as Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, flicking his clothes off. Like, do, do we have a Red Band trailer where we don't uh, blur his butt out so we can see his butt? <laughs> what? I don't want to pass out. <laughs> Valkyrie, Valkyrie and uh, and and uh, Natalie Portman didn't pass out. They just they just ate more grapes. They just ate more grapes. Yeah, but I might pass out because that other guy did. I don't know. <laughs> Like it's a no brainer. You're gonna watch for no other reason than you watched all the other ones, right? So yeah, you're just gonna watch to just to keep the story going, you know. And and uh, when you get there, like I said, it's tongue in cheek. It'll be fun. And uh, let's move on to three thousand years of longing. Didn't we? Didn't we already have a genie movie last year or something? Two years ago. There's I don't know. Genie movies come and go. <laughs> Maybe, but this is an Idris Elba one. Yes. Okay. He's the he's the genie. Uh-huh. Uh I don't know. Trailer to the trailer. Is that trope really still needed? I mean, serious. Yeah. I think I mean it's like so 2019. Yeah. Well, I, I was saving the trailer for the trailer talk for vengeance. Sorry. Well, there is that one. No, I I, I do I was gonna bring it up there too, but yeah, I think it I think it's very passe, you know. What I mean? Like if you're if you're going to do it, then it needs to be um, visual. It needs to be arresting and it needs to be. Yeah, it, it needs to la- it needs to be visceral. It needs to hit you in your gut, not not try to catch your attention cerebrally. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I love the tempo of the trailer, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it hits it hits a nice beat. Uh, it hits a you know, it's it's quick. And I think they they uh, hit it pretty good there as far as like ticking the story along rapidly, but not so much that you're like losing on the premise of what's happening in it. Are you a George Miller fan? I don't know. Uh, 300, 300? Oh, 300. Yeah, I do like 300. Yeah. Oh, so it goes along those lines then. Yeah, I think that's what he's best known for. Uh, but he's kind of like this comic um, action, comic director, producer kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Did he do the black and white one with Elijah Wood? Oh, Sin City, right? Sin City. Yeah, I think he did that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do like him then. Yeah, it was Elijah Wood and uh, oh, the guy who w- whose face got destroyed from when he was younger, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Oh yeah. Yeah, Mickey Rourke. I watched the YouTube video. Like, what happened to Mickey Rourke's face? <laughs> you oh. know, nine and a half weeks. He's like a good-looking guy, and then all of a sudden, man, the dude just like fell off a wagon or something. But yeah, I mean, this looks cool. I pro- uh, I think it's a wait for streaming. I'm not going to the theater for it, but I like the. I like the whole thing. I like the trailer. I like the premise of it. I like Idris Elba. I don't know if I'm a huge fan of the... Tilda Swanton? Tilda... 
Tilda Swanton. Yeah, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of Tilda Swanton. She's okay. I like her. I like her a lot. Yeah, she's okay. And But overall, um, I think there's going to be a few... I don't know. We were talking about Cerebral. And then when she says things like, I almost wish you were gone or whatever. And he's like, don't wish mm-hmm. for that. <laughs> like, I think you're going to have a little bit of that kind of stuff going on where like it'll catch you off guard. But then you'll like have a chuckle. Go, oh, I get that. Right. So. All right. Any last thoughts on 3000 years of longing? No, I think that's that covers that. Well, beautiful. So now let's talk only murders in the building. West Texas style. <laughs> podcasts uh about movies about podcast creating podcasts <laughs> M- movies about creating podcasts to solve murders there you go texas west texas style west texas style you know and and i mean no joke of this though but bj novak you know he has some bad luck with the timing of this one though oh yeah with all that's been going on and stuff i mean i don't want to get into that that stuff here but right you know you're watching it it's in texas and they're taught they, they have their gun ar talk and i'm just like uh it's it's like cringy yeah we actually saw this before I think, or right, either right before, or right after, right when we didn't have all the information about. Well, yeah, exactly. Exa- that's why I said that was just bad timing, you know. But bad timing. Another trailer to the trailer that tells me to watch now. This is the worst trailer to trailer because it says it has his line. It says watch now, and then they open the actual trailer with the same line. Yeah, it's vengeance watch the trailer now it's like well why else am i here right you know i clicked on it to watch it (laughs) you know you don't have to tell me to watch it Mm. yeah that i mean sometimes i i I don't think they're i don't know what they're trying to do or are they trying to get you through the infinite scroll so you don't just go blowing past it when you're on facebook or something i don't know i guess so or instagram i guess so maybe I like the premise, though, and the idea, you know, like he gets hooked up and then this family like seeks him out because, you know, the gal he hooked up with made way more of their relationship than he ever thought it was. And yeah, you know, it just seems like a really cool idea or premise. I mean, we all kind of at some point in our lives. Well, I shouldn't say all, I mean, but many, many of us, I I would include myself. Mm-hmm. You wind up in a relationship, you think it's way more than it is, and then it, you just get dropped and it's like, oh, maybe it wasn't way more than it was. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I mean, I like it. I think it's funny. I think it's going to be great. I just think it's bad timing, you know? Yeah. And I, I think it has... It has a heart to it, which I like. I like the idea that, you know, you go into it as, you know, a city slicker kind of somebody from the coast and you're and you're kind of pitching, selling this idea of something. But then you realize that they're people, you know, and they're well, they don't they don't really discuss the depths of their thoughts and feelings. They have depths to thoughts and feelings, you know? So it's, it's an interesting, an interesting take like that. It is a Texas from the outsider perspective, which feels very, you know, accessible to me. Well, as one who can tell you from firsthand experience, (laughs) 
you know, Clarissa's whole family's from Texas. That's right. Various parts of Texas. And, you know, I've been to Texas a few times. And they run the gamut from city dweller to suburbanite to, like, rancher. Uh-huh. Ultra-conservative, what you would expect from Texas, to ultra-liberal, what you would not expect from Texas. <laughs> and, yeah, it's like... Imagine that. People from Texas are like people from everywhere else. <laughs> they have a spectrum. <laughs> That's right. No, and, and uh, but just some of the things, you know, like the small towny. When I say small town, I don't mean Lompoc small town. I mean like the hundreds of people small oh, town. Oh, my God. <laughs> the small town where there was like a, a crash on the highway that was like a few blocks over whatever and like half the people leave the party and they you know it was like a family reunion type thing uh-huh, uh-huh. and they all run across the street to the volunteer fire department oh no one guy throws open the door and out goes the like half the party on the fire truck <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, like it's it's intense, you know, and and uh, and then, you know, her other uncle works in the tech industry and another one, you know, like they're just yeah, they just all do their thing, you know, and it's and they just run the gamut. So. All right. So from West Texas to Andor. Andor, my favorite trailer of the week. It's a teaser trailer. So remind me which planet is Andor again? Andor is where Cassian is from. The 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 lead from Rogue One. Oh, that's right. Cassian Andor. So Rogue One starts on Andor? Rogue One starts no, it starts with Cassian, but he's he's kind of I think he's planet hopping. I don't think it's on Andor, but he's he's meeting up that other the other Renegade. What is it? What do they call the other Rebel that that has a, that has the limp or whatever? And she hands up killing the his his buddy that has the limp while they're trying to get away from the stormtroopers. Yeah, because Andor isn't in the original three, right? Correct. Yeah, right. That's why I was like, wait, which one's Andor again? So, so here, here, so here's, you know, like I, I love this trailer. There's, there's many, many tropes in the trailer that I, I think you and I talk about, and we, you know, the, the, the for whom the bell tolls that that bell ringing, where the the guys pounding on the bell in the tower. Yeah, right. You know, and it kind of drives the pace of the trailer, and I, and I was like, we love this stuff, and, and Anne's take is that. Jimmy's just going to say it's another Disney Star Wars mo- money grab. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, but this one's like different. Is Anne reading my notes? This is, you know, <laughs> this is outside of the Star Wars, the Luke Sky, the Skywalker, you know, lineage. So this is this is in the expanded Star Wars universe. So I think it, it deserves a little more leeway. And it, and it really kind of expands the 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 mythology of this world that it was created you know so here's my take on it and the same thing with obi-wan what we're going to talk about in a little bit okay my take is every one of these things that comes out it gets more and more granular okay right so you're like if you think about star wars for example just the original one it starts off you know it starts off with all the Tatooine stuff. Well, I guess it doesn't start off there. It starts off with the space battle, but you know, then it goes to Tatooine and you, it's the sky's experience, the, the, the Skywalker experience of mm-hmm. fighting or being, becoming a rebel to fight the empire. And it is a granular story. He's, he's seeking an adventure and then he falls into one of the biggest adventures of his, you know, the biggest adventure of his life. 
or anybody's life. Right. Yeah, it's just huge. So if you think about it, like following him and then, you know, he's the main character and, you know, they pick up Han Solo and Chewbacca along the way and et cetera, et cetera. Right. It is a granular story if you think about it that way. But I feel like the way it was presented to you, you care about his character. Mm -hmm. And now when you think about like Andor or even Obi-Wan or Boba Fett or any of these other Mandalorian. Yeah, Mandalorian and so on. They are similar kind of stories where you have this main character and it's going through his adventures and it is a granular way of looking at it. But some of it, though, the way I see Andor is you're telling me a story about fighting the rebellion of these people on this planet. And you're like, and the more you do these kinds of series, the more you're stealing or robbing from my imagination, because I mm. get it. There are people all over the, the, the galaxy in the universe, maybe not the universe, but the galaxy for sure fighting the empire. And there's, different battles that take place and stuff. And when you show me every single one that takes place, like I don't need to see them all. I mean, my imagination can fill in the gaps that you're leaving. And sometimes gaps are good, you know, and I feel that's true. And I feel like just they're, they're trying to plug all the gaps to make sure that there's nothing left to the imagination. Yeah, that could be the case. I mean, so uh, I think of it like in the lineage, in, in the, in the series of what happens, I think when you have something as iconic as the original Star Wars trilogy, it kind of spawned tons of fan fiction. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I mean, think about all the book, all the Star Wars books that have nothing to do with Lucas. Right. Yeah. So there's all this fan fiction. So there's like an appetite for consumption of stories in this universe. So if, if you start to canonize it, then it becomes part of canon and it becomes part of the legitimate stories of this official universe. And then for me, it's just the quality of how you tell that story. You know, I think Mandalorian tells a story that's true to its itself and it's something and then book of boba fett i think it's try it was trying to be a western it was trying to do something and i think it kind of felt short and i think it was like it wasn't as good or it was it was too much of i think that's where something is kind of overexposed but i i feel like there's a grit to this one there's something about i I, you know i've watched rogue one probably the most of all of them which is strange because it's such a new movie but it is my favorite and when we go through the montage in this andor teaser trailer and it's a montage of the back of heads to me that is such an interesting montage to make and it's like it's a it's an interesting cinematic prop to have that over the course of this series we're going to be following people and we're going to be following and being led by people to different places to do different things and there's so many of them there's so many times we're going to be led into places led into new worlds led into to situations led into people meeting people and i just think that's such an interesting um trope in a in in storytelling that i was like oh this is this is new and it and it feels like something that that could be easily you know recreated or or bought into and and used moving forward as a a nice storytelling device yeah and to continue with that idea the the trailer itself really doesn't give much exposition right it kind of jump cuts a lot around it has the guy in the bell tower banging the steel plate it returns to him a few times because that's kind of the anchor to where it's it's like the bass drum almost in the band you know right right (laughs) 
It's the pacing. It's the pacing. It's the pacing. And what I do like about the trailer is it has very little exposition, but because it's Star Wars and you see from the hips down, like a platoon of or whatever, a squadron or whatever it is of stormtroopers walking past, Mm -hmm. you know, they're under siege. You know, they're being occupied right now. And the rebels are going to try and remove that occupation. However, they're going to have to do it. They're putting up a fight, putting up a fight and stuff. So it's implied exposition, I guess. And I think that part of the trailer is cool because it doesn't tell you this is what we're going to show you. It just shows you and you kind of fill in the blanks a little bit. And I don't want to see a trailer that's just going to lay out the story. And it's just like, okay, like this has me intrigued. It makes me want to watch. Are you going to watch regardless? (laughs) No, Yeah, we're going to watch. But what I'm saying, though, is. If you told me, a tr- if you laid out a trailer that was just like showing me all the exposition and the story and who the heroes are and all this stuff, I would just be like, eh, okay, now maybe I don't need to watch. And maybe if they come out with other trailers, that one I'm not going to watch because I don't want to be led down a path that's going to make me not want to watch, <laughs> if that makes sense. I'm pretty sure they're going to have more trailers, so we should probably steer steer clear of the rest of them. (laughs) That's it. That's it. So while we're steering clear, what have you uh, been watching? Uh, So much. Lots. lots. Not not as much as last time, last week. So this week's kind of been slower. 75 hours of of viewing. Um, But let me look here. So we can... He's going to open up his air table. Got to open up my air table. Uh... (laughs) There's some screen sharing here. You know, I, I think I'll post this. I'll post this in a, as a read only on our website here so people can see what I. Okay, wait a minute. So where, where where's the DMARC? Oh, I see. 22nd, 21st. So 22nd week of the year. Of the year. Yeah, I see that. Um, and we look at here and I change something for you. So 22 viewings, right? Is that what that is? 22 um, items. Items viewed. Right. So I see like Star Trek, Strange New World, see, Season 1, Episode 3 episode two so that's why i say it's 22 viewings of something yeah 22 right 22 uh either episodes or movies oh yeah chip and dale we watched that right very nostalgic chip and dale we we started to watch it oh you didn't finish and then Anne said she's not into it and i'm like okay why not only watched 11 minutes and said she doesn't want to see it So Bryce watched it, and I think Audrey might have watched it, might have watched something else, but I want to watch it, so I'm going to watch it later on my own. Okay, I don't want to, I won't give any spoilers, we'll we'll end that one here, but we did watch it. And you liked it. I liked it. It was, I see, we talked about this when, when we did the trailer. Clarissa, Clarissa's right in the wheelhouse, like me. Right in her wheelhouse. We watch, We probably watched it as kids, and, and yeah. you, you missed it as a kid, but you, you were able to figure it out with her with her uh, very nostalgic nostalgia and it shows a lot of uh there's a lot of 80s stuff involved a lot of 90s stuff involved i heard it's a roger rabbit's uh roger rabbit sequel really really i don't know maybe <laughs> i'd have to see it again i'll i'll, I'll, I'll when i want when i finish it we'll, we'll discuss. yeah but it was overall it was good i i, I it was cute and the way they play out the CGI with the drawn animation kind of look to it and such, 
you know, it was it was nice how they did that. So, but anyway, I'll let you watch it, and then we could talk about that when, that, when cool. after you're done. And then we caught up on uh, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, episode two and three. Okay. Um, oh, and then I changed this thing where you said, "Oh, it has so many days." So if it's over 365 days, then I change it. You just put years to years, so that's three years. Like Kim's Convenience is all three years old. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, you're gonna watch Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> 72 million 148 you know you're just like what yeah not that many of course but so yeah so we did uh star trek uh strange new world we did kim's convenience a couple times so we could see we're watching kim's convenience pretty much dinner time maybe right after dinner what's that one again remind me kim's convenience is the canadian uh a Korean family that runs a convenience store in Toronto. That's right. Okay. And uh, it's got uh, Jung, who who's played by Simu, Simu uh, played by Shang-Chi. Uh, <laughs> and then Barry, Barry's like, it's just too, it's just not, I just don't, when I watch it week to week, it's just not enough Barry for me. Like, it's only half an hour and I'm like, that's all. Oh, the it's Barry 30 I minutes. Huh? Yeah, that's all the Barry I get for a week. Right. Like if if you if you haven't watched it, yeah, just save it up till the end. When yeah, maybe ends, I will. Then just, maybe I will then just smash it. Um, Night Sky tried to start to watch that. Eh, it's okay. It's weird uh, ensemble science fiction series. Not much going on there, so might not get back to that. Um, more Kim's Convenience. Halo. The Great. Um, this is only Audrey's watching The Great. It's a little old for her, but whatever. She's watching it. <laughs> and then uh, Ray Liotta passed away this week. So sadly. I know. Yeah. So one on Thursday morning, I started to watch uh, Goodfellas. And a few minutes in, Anne says, this is too violent. I can't watch this. So, <laughs> As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> Uh, but love that movie. Look, 31 years since it released. Isn't that crazy? Has it been that long? 31 years since Goodfellas came out. What's 11,000? Is that the days? 11,570 days since it's released. And you're counting everyone. Counting everyone. Wow, 31 <laughs> years ago? 31 years ago, my friend. Holy yes, cow. That's how old we are. More Kim's Convenience. And then finally, let's get into Friday chat, Friday talk after we got home. Oh, no. 20 minutes before we got to the we got to Top Gun Maverick. We got to the theater half an hour early. So I said, we'll just sit in the car in the Tesla and watch Obi-Wan Kenobi. So we watched the first 20, 25 minutes of Obi-Wan Kenobi first episode in the car while waiting to go into the movie theater. What did you, what did you think about it? I hated the recap. It reminded me how, uh, about <laughs> the, th the first three movies that I can't stand. Okay. Yeah, the recap was totally unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, what else did I think about it? I feel I feel like why are they making Obi Wan so emasculated or something? No, I think I think it's on. Have you seen both episodes? No, we only saw the first one. We we saw oh. it right right before we started tonight. Okay, okay. So yeah, watch the second episode. I I, I think we'll do that one tomorrow night. I think emasculating is correct. I think degenifying de him. You know what I mean? He's really pushed right. pushed to his limits by the uh, the Inquisitor's ability to seek out and find uh, people using Jedi powers, using the Force. So if they can if they can find the Force in the in the universe, then you know all the more reason not to use it. 
So Obi-Wan Kenobi's there on Tatooine, but but he's not always on Tatooine. <laughs> like he's uh, pushed into service elsewhere. And I think. The- well, yeah, because I mean, the 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 Leia foot chase was lame as all get out. <laughs> Jimmy Smith's was way too stiff. I mean, that guy was like he was not that stiff in the other movies. Uh huh. Uh huh. His yeah. acting was just terrible on this one. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I I was I I was still I was just trying to figure out what we're doing with Leia after the whole sell for this has been like Darth Vader and you know Obi Wan Kenobi. Like to me, that was right. That's yeah, exactly. And 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 you kind of beat me to the punch there. Like it's the Obi Wan Vader protect Luke thing from Vader kind of angle, and now they're just. I mean, it was like Leia was in there more than any of them. And the second the second episode is kind of sweet, you know, as he's as he's hunting, as he's like working to help her escape or trying to get her out of trouble. It kind of uh, it kind of harkens back to the original where, you know, help me open one Kenobi, you're my only hope. It just it just repeats in my head <laughs> over and over again, you know, like obviously Princess Leia knows of Obi-Wan Kenobi and knows who he is and what he does. But it's interesting. It's interesting to have them have a backstory together when um, they kind of is there any overlap? She he dies on the. He dies on the destroyer before they go and save her. The Death Star. The, the Death. Oh, he dies. Yeah, on the Death Star. No, they just. Or the Star. No, Star Destroyer. They had just saved her, or they did. What's the What's the TikTok? Do we have any scenes on the Millennium Falcon with Obi Wan Kenobi and Princess Leia? No, there's no overlap. No, 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 no. She gets rescued out of the. Uh-huh. You know, they they dive in the trash compactor. Right, oh, right, right, what a right. wonderful smell you've discovered. Mm-hmm. You know all that stuff, and they wind up getting to the to the flight deck, and then they see him die. Well, right, but he is going to fight, and he says, "If you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can ever imagine." Right, and once he sees that Luke and Leia is watching. Yeah, they're watching. Not just watching, but he knows their escape is uh, inevitable because he, you know, got the shields down and everything. There's really nothing he can do to get to them, to, to fly out with them. And so he's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to get struck down right here and I will immediately begin helping Luke because that's when he's like, run, Luke, run, you know, and all that stuff. Right, right. So <clears throat> I think getting struck down was uh, 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 an audible he called at the last minute. <laughs> it was like, I'm ready to go and and uh, I could be more powerful than you can ever imagine kind of a thing. But now but now I want to see the interaction. If there was Le- Leia should have had uh, a more emotional response to him getting struck down than even Luke. Right. Like, yeah, Luke knew him for about two weeks tops. Yeah. Yeah, two weeks tops. Actually, I take that back because he did know who he was on the planet. Oh, the old that hermit, that old man. Yeah, but not. But he didn't. But he didn't know. He didn't know. But he didn't have an emotional connection to him based on the way they describe that. And maybe his 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 exclamation of dread or his his sorrow is also a little bit selfish as he's like this is the guy that was teaching me what are you what are you doing how can i how can i continue my 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 quest without my my mentor like but that's why when he struck him down he immediately was like telling him how it like 
just run, you know, and I'll uh, get out of here. Right. And then, you know, fight another day. And then he was helping him through the force, you know? Mm, okay. Anyway, so the second episode, I think, is wonderful. It, it's it's it, it. Yeah, we're going to watch tomorrow. It has it has a take on the Jedi legacy. I think I think this for me, if this exp- expo see, and I think this is the thing like Mandalorian did the thing for the Mandalorians and the people of Mandalore. And if the, if Obi-Wan Kenobi can do for the Jedi's what Mandalorian did for Mandalorians, then maybe it's worth it. You know, it's worth it to tell that story, you know, to tell of how the Jedi's were after, you know, uh, Order 66. Yeah, and I I was a bit, I would say happy is not the word, but I was pleased to see that when they strung up that Jedi, mm-hmm. they did it in such a way that he was just kind of tied up there on the beam. They killed him before they hung him up there. They didn't hang him by his neck to kill him that way. Right, exactly. Whereas, they didn't lynch him. Yeah, exactly. Where I'm thinking like, this is, a lot of kids are going to watch this. Right. And if they did it like, well, yeah, like a lynching or if they just did it like, a, you know, a hanging of the old west or something. Right. That would have just been a little too gruesome, I think, for like a seven year old to be to be viewing. Did you ever see Jojo Rabbit? Did you ever watch it? Oh, the Hitler one. Yeah. 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 That was talking about brutal. Oh, man. Ugh. Anyway. And that was the thing I wanted to avoid. Like when they when they didn't when they showed it the way they showed it, I was like, all right. I mean, this is. Is that strange, though? Is that strange that you and I had the same exact reaction? And yet it's still a dead person hung in a square like the death is neat is no less meaningful. Right. Like, is it just. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of weird to think about because like earlier in this in the episode, they cut off the woman's hand. Oh, yeah. Right. OK, right, that's right. a violent act. And you're just like, oh, wow, cut off her hand, you know, and you don't. Th- I mean, but that that harkens back to the the a new hope when they cut off the hand in the in the bar. Right. But what I'm saying, though, is like you're not you're, you're thinking like you're not thinking about a, a gruesome attack. You're just like, oh, they cut. but if you but I think it's the visual of seeing someone hanging is just so visceral, you know. Right. Yeah, I don't know. But I see you have Obi-Wan and, and we talked Top Gun and then. Uh, Top Gun, yeah. So Top Gun, let me just say one more thing. Okay, go for it. Miles Teller. Miles Teller is in the offer, and it's so crazy. I didn't see the offer this week. I guess we'll have to save it for the for next week. But um, he's in the offer, and he's in Whiplash. He's in so many things, and he's so good in everything he's doing. He plays Rooster amazingly, and to have him be he's Goose's son, you know. And we we we've talked about this from the trailer. Oh yeah, yeah. And and he's just he has an amazingly so it's 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 great because and this is. Uh, Chris McQuarrie is one of my favorite writers, screenwriters, and he's a producer and he's done many, many movies that I love. Way of the Gun and Usual Suspects and all these great movies like Chris McQuarrie, right? And he does he does the screenplay for this. And it's it's this idea of having this very, very simple story. Like you have a very simple story. You know, there's a mission and the mission is, you know, then you have to have Maverick train these young shotgun pilots to to do this mission. So it's super simple story. And then you have this interpersonal relationship thing where you have to play archetypes because you're playing into the old movie, the first Top Gun. And yet you have to make the the archetypes interact in a complex way. And it's just like, 
to do that skillfully, it just shows Chris McQuarrie's hand in it. You know, <laughs> when you think of the way that the usual suspects kind of interact with each other and, and the way that these, these characters interact with each other, it's like, you have to check all these boxes because you're doing the Top Gun you do in the Top Gun sequel. You know what I mean? You have to check the sexy right. beach, sexy beach, sweaty guys. You know, <laughs> you got to check that box. <laughs> you got to check the, you know, the sexy scene with a couple of, with a couple of people. Oh, we're going to make it PG. Ted wants to check that box. <laughs> PG- Some <laughs> cockpits and all. <laughs> no, Jennifer Connelly, man. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just like, it, it checks all these boxes of, of, of these simple things that have to harken back to the original. And yet it has the complexity of this new relationship, you know? And it's, it's very moving to see Iceman, to see Val Kilmer, because he has throat cancer and he's there and he's in person and they have this meeting and this face-to-face meeting of Maverick and Iceman. And basically for this whole, you know, Iceman plays this, you know, revered head of the ad, rear admiral of the pacific theater you know what i mean like he's the head of the whole thing and every time maverick screws up Iceman's just writing him a, a blank check to go somewhere else and it's just this great relationship and so this this movie is all about the relationships that you have in your professional life so i think it's 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 amazing to elevate a simple story in this way so must see you must see it with COVID and everything did you let your amc membership relapse or not relapse but lapse no i mean lapse yeah we let it lapse and then we 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 brought it back we just have the a-list we don't have the we just have the stubs i don't know which is the one that's just the rewards you just get rewards for every 30 bucks you spend you get like five dollar rewards. oh okay okay so it's not this three three movies a week because we have to get four of them with four of us. So we, we just do the simpler one. Yeah, I got you. Because we only see a movie once a month tops, I think. Right, right. Which is much which is much less. Prior to COVID, everything was coming out in the theater. I mean, there was none of this like straight to streaming and such. And I think COVID really put a, a switcheroo on that. And the next and, thing you know, it's like they're trying to get back to it. But I think with COVID, people are like, no, I just want to see the movie now, man. Just feed me. You know, right. Oh, and speaking of which, uh, Tom Cruise, he put the kibosh on his 40, 45 days, you know, like most movies have 30 to 45 days in the theaters. I think he had put like 180 days or 150 days before it goes to streaming. Yeah. So he said, what? Keep this in the theater for its full theatrical run. I will. I I don't. When it's how quickly will this thing hit a billion dollars? That's my question. Will it hit a billion dollars worldwide in two weeks? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like wow. it's going, yeah. it's going to be gangbusters. This, this, this will set the mark for blockbusters in years to come. Wow, incredible! Oh, and then I finally watched the G word off of your recommendation. Yeah. Uh, so you saw the Obama episode? Yes. Well, we saw the food episode, the first, the first episode. Is that the only one Obama is in? No, he's in the last one too. Okay. And the last one is good because they, you know, you watch all these episodes, uh-huh. and he kind of like builds the story about all the stuff the the government does government does and then he and and obama have this this semi heated debate about why should i care right okay at the end at the end okay good because he like the last episode is like okay now that i told you five different things whatever five episodes of all that sucks 
like here's how we change it right and he gets into like you know just more than voting but it's like taking apart like your local uh politics and city council and all that stuff okay and he and barack get into this like i said a, a heated debate i wouldn't say it's it's i mean it's it's you mean faux potus faux potus <laughs> faux potus former that's what he calls himself <laughs> right yeah at the end he's like faux potus out and he drops his pen <laughs> he's a funny guy man oh he's great yeah he's a funny guy i mean we need more of that for uh, upcoming president uh, uh presidents sadly we don't but no i mean it, it, you know the thing about it though is he uh they they have this heated debate at the end about like why is the federal government important why should i care and all this stuff and and it was good i mean you know the other episodes that you go through some of it's like you know forehead smackers you know and others i mean ultimately I forget which one it was, but they talk about how does all this stuff happen? Right. Why are we in this predicament, you know? And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Trump Trump came in wanting to drain the swamp and fires everybody. <laughs> and now it's like we have nobody to do the jobs because, you know, everything's anemic. Right. So, yeah, you'll have to watch it, though. It's good. I, I really enjoyed it. it. It was it was very funny. Like we we watched it as a family and Anne was kind of like five minutes after obama left the screen she was on her phone and i was like oh you know you don't like this should we turn this off should we turn on kim's we're just you know we're just chilling um and she was like no 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 people are enjoying it people people are you know like audrey and bryce were into it you know and it's it's instructive you know it has some it has some good knowledge in it i think yeah some quality but then the guy said adam says who are these people that touch your meat? And are they are they titillated by the fact that I just said touch your meat? Or are they disgusted by it or something like that? And Bryce and I just start laughing. Yeah, Ted the twelve year old. <laughs> and Bryce is twelve, so he's allowed. And I guess no, I said I Ted the twelve year old. <laughs> But yeah, so I was like, come on, that's good comedy, guys. You know, and Anne and Audrey were just like clutching their pearls and uh, disgusted by that. It's hilarious. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that was that was my week. How about you? What's your week look like? Do you, do you have a chart? You don't have a chart. You don't you don't fill in the. No, I don't have a chart, but um, I do have a chart in my brain. It's just it and it looks exactly like that. It's just not put into practice. Uh-huh. Today, I watched four episodes of well, on, the only four episodes. Um, I wanted to see it because I remembered it as a child was Meltdown Three Mile Island. Oh, okay. That was on Netflix. And, you know, it's a it tells a good cover up story. Does it really? Yeah. The way they lay it out, like everything was a lie. They made it sound like "Eh, no big deal. But then you go back years later and then all these people wind up with cancers and lymphomas and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I, I work with a guy at Bravo who grew up right outside of Three Mile Island. Really? And he said when he was a kid, he all of his health care was paid for by the government <laughs> because he had he had multiple checkups a year. He, he had like test he never came down with any he never had anything anything he was must have been outside of the he wasn't on three mile island but he was in the surrounding areas yeah and and he was like yeah we were within the radius that we got monitored for our whole lives basically (laughs) but i was cleared at 18 or something like that you know well and even what they say though is you know it's like agent orange and stuff you know a lot of these things leukemias and various blood disorders and cancers yeah they're just ticking time bombs, yeah. They'll lie dormant for 
decades and then all of a sudden you wind up with like all kinds of crazy cancers in like your 60s or something right you know but I mean, it was good um again it tells a good cover-up story it makes you like if you weren't already cynical it just adds to your cynicism uh so there's that love on the spectrum i was telling oh, you about yes. all week so i finished that one it's two it's two seasons right it was so well, there's three of them. Oh, okay. So there's Love on the Spectrum US, and then the Australian version is two seasons. Okay. So I watched the US one. I did not watch the others, but it was great. It was great. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't say the humor is uh, intended, but I work with kids with autism and such on the spectrum yeah and when you're watching it there and you see the parallels and you see what they're doing and everything it's it's it, there's there's comedy behind it you know some of it was a bit cringy you know they're on a date and they're talking and whatever the one girl first date or whatever and she's all giggly and totally like autism whatever mm -hmm. and she takes a sip of like an alcoholic drink and she goes oh I'm feeling a little tipsy. Oh, I think I love you, you know? And, <laughs> and then the guy's like, what? And then it was his first date. And he's all like giggling. Oh my God, this is so great. You know, it's just, so are they both autistic? Uh, most of the matchings were, uh, I think some of the pairings weren't. Okay. So, cause they do some speed dating stuff too, okay. which, yeah, but yeah, no, there's, there were some, there, there were some, uh, characters to be sure um i felt overall it told you know a great story of a group of people with autism just trying to find love you know but there's this guy sabad and he's indian mm -hmm. my favorite right <laughs> so his indian parents are there and it's his birthday and you know everybody sings happy birthday sabad and all this stuff and and they're like we're gonna get you your your date we're, we're gonna get you matched with somebody mm -hmm. First thing he says, she's not Indian, is she? Because I don't want an Indian girlfriend. <laughs> and he's Indian, you know. And, oh man, it was it was it was that's so like, good. That's like the anti me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so funny though because, you know, and then he winds up with this with this white chick, you know. But um, that's funny. And the people they they wind up with, <clears throat> like they're they're like. Some of the girls are a little cute, you know, and mm -hmm. the guys are really kind of dorky. The girls yeah. are dorky, too, but like they're they're you know, there's a couple of them that are, you know, fa fairly attractive and such. And just the way they interact and stuff and the things they do, you're just like, what is happening? Do they have a, uh, a, a better understanding of what the other person is doing because they're both on the spectrum? Uh, that's a good question. So I, I would say it depends is it a, a, on awareness because the spectrum's so wide and it's so varied like yeah like some of them do and this one girl doesn't really so she's on a date they're at a beach like down in huntington beach or something like that mm -hmm. and uh every time this guy was seeing pelicans it was actually kind of very funny because he was really quick-witted with this one he was like oh there are one two three four pelicans <laughs> and he had this really like robotic intonation. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And then they're talking. Oh, there are one, two, three, four, five pelicans. And then she's like, what are you, the count? <laughs> and he said, and he just looks at her and goes, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny, though. Like he was like on it, you know? 
And like she was really annoyed because he was counting pelicans. But it's like, right. Don't you know he has autism, too? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it was it was pretty funny the way that played out. And then, you know, like he gives her a gift every time they go on a date and she takes the gift. Oh, thank you. And she opens it up and she sees, you know, the the stuff in there and some of its candy. And then he's like, uh, you know, it is nice when people offer to share a piece of candy. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, it is nice, isn't it? Yeah, but no, these these are my candy. <laughs> you know, it's just like, wow. And then you see the guy just go like, oh, I totally got shot down just right there. You know, and, but but yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty. I mean, that, sometimes it could be pretty cringy though. You know, and. What the the best way to describe it is when you watch any uh, reality TV. Yeah. Right. It's scripted. It's oh right, right, right. It's it's staged. It's staged. Yeah. Is Survivor reality TV okay to a degree? They're doing their thing, but these people, you know, they have autism. They're so matter of fact. They break the fourth wall. <laughs> they have the camera crew and all this stuff. And they go to this guy. This producer tried to tell me to do something right now. No, no, no. <laughs> like they, they, they're showing this guy in his apartment, uh -huh. you know, and it's like the camera crew. And, you know, there's got the guy with the boom mic and all this stuff. And and, you know, you, you, you know what's going on in the background. Right. So this guy like turns to the camera and I don't know whatever the the producer director's name was whatever but let's just say it's steve no the guy's name was steve let's say it's rob so he's like well rob so what are your thoughts on this predicament <laughs> and it's and then you hear the guy just engages with them you know he's like oh well you know and they're just talking and he's asking questions and they're breaking the fourth wall in a lot of ways you know and and uh it's just it's just very it feels very genuine oh I, you took the word right out of my mouth i was about to say the genuineness of the whole production was was so fantastic uh i i would absolutely recommend it um and i think it gives you a sensitivity to people with disabilities too because okay at the end they give the you know how it is on, on a show like that you know or a movie uh if you know even like we were talking about goodfellas at the end of the movie they talk about like this guy went to prison for this long this guy wound up to, you know and they kind of tell you right what yeah. happened to them in, in, in the after and this does the same thing like oh they broke up or the they broke up but then they got back together and now they're married or something whatever it is and it gives you a sensitivity to them because they're people like everybody who want the same thing as everybody they just want to be happy they want to feel welcomed and loved and stuff they just don't know how to go about it oh god talk tell me about it <laughs> many days i don't know how to go about making myself yeah happy. but there were times like you're just watching it and like you're getting like teary-eyed because you're like it's so genuine and they're so heartfelt and they're just people who are pouring their heart out to somebody on television on this netflix thing and they have autism so they're kind of like oblivious to some stuff but yet right. they're really genuine in the other side and they're just like I, I just i like you i hope you like me can we be a thing you know and yeah that's interesting yeah it was good it was good so so you said they can it, it can be cringy at times did it ever cross over into 
a feeling of exploitative. No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. The cringiness, I would say, is... Just interpersonal cringiness, not like, oh, let's leave the camera on and, you know, like quietly in the corner and... No, 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 not at all. I mean, they knew the people were there. The people were talking with them a lot of times. Right. Um, They would pull them aside like, you know, hey, this is like, this moment is really uncomfortable for everybody. Let's all take a break and we'll come back when you when you both feel more comfortable and then we can continue where we left off and they because th- i mean yeah because isn't that that's part of and they play it out right right there that's part of being on the spectrum right like not not always having the the capacity to handle certain situations you know what i mean like and and you know yeah i mean eye contact is a big one exactly you know like oh okay we were on this date and you know i'd love to see you again and then they kind of like they're looking away from each other while shaking hands i can't wait to see you again but they're not even looking at each other you know and right and just like you just it's just the way and just some of the 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 language they use with each other um not an appropriate language or anything it's just it's just cringy like cringy to the extent like when they're on a date and it's like the first five minutes they're talking about they're going to spend the rest of their lives together yeah and you're like why are you saying that you don't do that in the first five <laughs> minutes you know and, <laughs> and then they're both like oh my god i'm in love and, uh, and you're just like oh like yeah you know because they don't know they don't know that's what you don't do you know and <laughs> but it was very good it was very good so awesome i will check that out yeah uh, and i will i will keep us watching uh, the G, what is it? The, the, G, the G word. word. We'll finish that out. It's only, ha- it's so quick. It's like a little half hours. Very good, sir. How did your beer, how did your beer finish? Oh, smooth. So I have a Belgian strong on tap. Not as dark, but, and every once in a while I get these flavors and I'm just like, is this the right flavor or not? And this beer tells me my, my beer is correct. On point. On point. <laughs> This is very good. Very smooth. At 11%, I did share half-ish. I think I think I got about 60%. Because we drank it over a slow period of time, I'm not as buzzed as I was anticipating. So, yeah, very good, though. Very good. And you? My, my Grand Inquisitor had a nice uh, punch to it. Definitely has some great chocolate notes on it without even, like, I don't think it has any cacao in it, but it's just, like, a nice, solid imperial stout. I mean, a lot of times you can get a good chocolate on the on the on a stout because the way they roast the grain exactly it's the roasting the roasted yeah i love that i love that um and it it hit like i got it off the shelf tonight at handy more at um not handy more at uh valley beverage and i was like ooh, do i drink this one warm off the shelf and i'm like oh the store is kind of you know the store is a normal cold like the store is a little colder than than your typical household or something like that so when i got it home i was like eh, it's cold to the touch you know but when i poured it it was it was warm but it it's it was the perfect temperature i i could drink stouts room temperature yeah i agree with that i think you know the reason you drink a uh, not ales lagers so cold is because it cuts out the bite of the lager, right? Like the the yeasty bite. Mm, okay. Where ales are more floral, and I think ales improve with warmth. If you don't want it, if they're so cold, you can't taste them. Right. Exactly. This one had flavor throughout because I drank it room temperature, and it warmed a little bit. You know, from the room of the temperature in this room. So yeah, it was, it was a it was a really nice full bodied finish. Very cool. Very cool. 
All right, Ted. Well, let's get out of here. And uh, next week we are off, and then we'll see you in a couple, couple of weeks. weeks. So you have fun in Hawaii, and Thank I'm going to be r- bike racing and uh, fun on that on that glass t- tarmac. Yeah, and we'll <laughs> share notes. Awesome, awesome. I'm sure your notes are going to be a lot better than my notes. Uh, my notes are going to be lazy. Uh, Daybed on the beach kind of notes. Daybed. <laughs> All right, man. Have, have a good, good one, night. man. All right, bye. Yeah, you too. Bye. Next week, join Jim and Ted as they disarm another Hollywood bomb or marketing masterpiece. Remember, the holy trinity of podcasting. Subscribe, like, share. Special thanks to Jeremy Kent Jackson for the voiceover and Rogelio for the music.